Hello, friends. Welcome to Radio Free Mavericks. This is Kirk Henderson of MavsMoneyBall.com coming to you on Friday afternoon like we've been doing for a whopping four months now. Almost every single Friday, I think we've hit this. We're here to hang out. Uh, this will be the first one of these where there's not been something absolutely like ridiculously pressing to to talk about. Um Next week, I may have kind of more of a theme. This week at work has been busy. Don't really, uh, sometimes it's hard to plan a show and there's lots going on. But uh, I wanted to, to you know, do one of these. We'll bring up people, we'll ask questions, we'll have a little conversation and see how things are going today. Um, before I get the show started and before I start bringing people up, I had a question from uh, a follower of mine on Twitter named Brett Cox who asked, a good question, which I, I just kind of liked. He said, do you think we played a slower pace due to Rick or Luca, meaning Rick Carlisle, Luka Doncic? If Rick, do you see us lifting the tempo under Kid? He was a fast break point guard when he played, and I guess it will largely depend on the ma- makeup of the team after free agency. So here's one. This is a fun question because... I think that the the pace was largely due to one of the one of the things where Rick Carlisle and Luka Doncic absolutely see eye to eye on. Luka Luka's very effective when he runs, but I also think Luka is not yet at the point in his life where he understands that he needs to be in absolutely incredible shape. Uh, we could, I mean, if you really look back at some of these games, you can tell where he has um, perhaps had a night out the game before the Memphis late season game really stands out where they were all at that brewery the night before he was, he just didn't look great. Uh, and, and pace is one of the few things that, that Luca can, can absolutely control. And I think Carlisle agreed because they would run a specific motion or play and, and that allowed Rick to have a little input Luca to maybe hear him or not. And that was the thing that, that they kind of saw eye to eye on. So I think that is, is, is very interesting. Um, in the chat, Brantley notes that Slovenia has been playing very fast in the qualifiers, though not against great defense. The FIBA game is eight minutes shorter. There's different stops in play, and I also think that Lucas' responsibilities are just a little bit different. It is – I really do wish that the Mavericks would push more because Luka going downhill, as we have seen, is scary. Um I, I – you know, some of the chat is disagreeing with me that it is not Luka, like – Luca has to conserve energy if he's going to play 36 minutes a night, 40 minutes a night. He 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 just is going to have to. Um, I I I would hope that he that they push the pace more, uh, because he's just so dang scary. Uh, you know, not quite like LeBron, but not unlike LeBron. Um, and and as Brandon notes in the chat, it's really hard to run when you give up a bucket every time. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of this. Um, uh, it's 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 a good question. So Brett, um, if you're listening on the podcast later on, I I appreciate you. Um, so all right, I'm gonna start bringing folks up to to talk a little bit, to ask some questions, and we'll we'll hang out for a while. So coming up first is a first request from Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing good, Kirk. How are you? I am okay. It's been kind of a you know, it's like on the one hand, I'm glad to have a little bit of a break. On the other hand, I'm like jonesing for some some news. So when I jokingly, and it really was a joke on on Twitter, I, I got tired of seeing a, an argument about a particular player. And so I just made a free agency calendar like as a joke. And then, you know, <laughs> Kevin O'Connor had Kevin O'Connor had his, you know, sort of news bit where it's like, oh, the Mavericks are going to pursue Kawhi. And 
Um, we can talk about that as much as anybody wants, but it's just like everyone should pursue Kawhi. Kawhi's good at basketball, full stop. Anyways, what you got for us today? Yeah, I mean, definitely agree there, and I just don't even want to consider that uh, until he, somebody or him signs on the dotted line, like nobody's coming to the Mavericks. Um, right. I'm just too jaded on that. <laughs> um, so I wanted to bounce an idea off you. I, this has just been bouncing in my head for, I guess, a couple weeks now, watching the playoffs and watching a lot of centers get run off the court. Mm-hmm. So I have been in the camp that we should not trade KP because, just quite frankly, the value is not really going to be there. And it's not like he's useless on the court. And I do think um, that he's probably going to come back stronger defensively and probably look closer to what he was his first year in Dallas as a rim protector. There's a lot of value in that. And then obviously him just existing on offense obviously puts us at historical levels when he and Lucas shared the court. So I think particularly in the regular season, and especially if we do get whoever the secondary ball handler is or secondary playmaker, I think we find that person and keep KP. Like I think that does wonders for us in the regular season, probably like home court advantage, maybe two or three seed or so. My worry now that I've been watching the playoffs more and more is in the playoffs because we're going to run. I mean, you never know who you run into, but there's going to be at least one, possibly multiple teams who are going to be good at small ball. Like Mm -hmm. that's just a fact. Now you go back the past five years. There's always at least somebody is who is whether it's the Clippers next year or somebody else. And as we've seen, even in kind of our best case optimistic scenario, you know, KP comes back, good rim protector, kind of does what he does, did on offense this year. He still can't take advantage of those switches. So if there's a small ball team that we go against, probably a similar result, what we saw this year, he's much more limited offensively. But even if he comes back defensively, like we just saw Rudy Gobert, who is your prototypical rim protecting and does a lot better in space than KP does. Mm-hmm. Um, he got ran off the court. And Utah was not willing to bench their max level center or their max contract center. And I don't think we would either. And again, similar to Gobert, he's not going to punish them on the offensive end. So it's not like a Jokic situation where, yeah, you're giving up a bunch of points, but you're getting a whole bunch more on offense. Right. So I'm almost at the point where I kind of just want to dump them just to get a more flexible player who, whether he's as good as KP or not, you know, maybe he is a three and D center, like maybe miles Turner or something, but you're more comfortable benching him or somebody who is just more, more versatile in the first place. So, that that's really what I wanted to talk about. And sure, talk to you in the sure. Chat. Well, the Porzingis thing is sort of like it's like an existential thing hanging over um, the franchise because if you're talking just value, selling low on him right now would be it, it, he. I don't really under you know the only way he gets his value is lower is if he falls off such a cliff due to another injury that he simply can't be traded. Um, but I don't see it's it's so funny because I get thrown this uh, argument at me a lot. It's like, well, look at how good of a season he had. 
you know, if you look at his counting stats, and he did, it's probably one of his best shooting seasons. But, you know, he again missed a ton of games, um, and he didn't play good defense, and he had a hard time moving. Like, this was just, you know, now that the season's done, I think people can kind of have that conversation without getting upset, um, which was not a thing that happened in season. So I, I, I think that them trading him would have to be quite the opportunity of either a distressed asset that they were very excited about. Um, you know, I don't know, like maybe Eric, I don't even think they'd trade for Eric Gordon. Cause I don't think Houston would want KP, but like a guy like right. that, that is, is really not, you know, a good player, but not a great player in a bad situation where the contract is similar to where they could make something work out with like pieces that's kind of going to have to be what it might be. You know, a lot of us are hoping for like, oh, maybe they can get a draft asset. Like when you look at what the Golden State Warriors are seeing with with some of, you know, they have pick seven and pick 14. And, you know, they might be able to go get Pascal Siakam, who had kind of a rough season, but is at the moment has a has a more recent track record of if not like probably doesn't have KP ceiling but has much, you know, just is just kind of a, a more functional, actual basketball player instead of an idea. KP is just so much of, of what what the KP discussion revolves around, of like what he could be or what he once was for an eight-game stretch. Like the, the, the highs and lows of Porzingis are just all over the map. So it makes like discussing him very difficult, uh, particularly, you know, in season when I just become like an all-in-out a lunatic with him. But I... I I think I agree with you that I don't foresee them trading him unless it's just the, the perfect storm. Like I kind of want them to move on from him for, for some of the reasons that you state where it's like, let's just, you know, let's take a step back to maybe take a step forward. But I just, I I don't see it from kind of a rational point of view. Now, the thing that we we all got to kind of understand, and I have a real hard time with this, is that the new voices in the the front office, you know, how much say Jason Kidd gets will be interesting. I don't think Rick Carlisle got any say when it came to players because Rick was stubborn as a goat. Um, Nico Harrison is ostensibly the GM in title, but we, you know, I'm just, we're just going to start talking about this. Like Mark Cuban is the general manager. Um, I, I'm going to be very curious to see how much they can influence Mark Cuban uh, to 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 whatever sort of decisions come down the pipe because I just don't see Cuban really. Cuban would have to think that he's won the deal in a trade for KP, and I just don't see the Mavs taking taking any sort of loss. So, yeah, you know what, you're probably right on that last part with Cuban thinking that he had to tr- that he has to win it. I, mm-hmm. I'm just hoping, I guess, for like a franchise like the Kings who just aren't good at being a franchise possibly making like a stupid decision. Oh, I, um, it's funny. There's a guy, um, God, what's it? The King's Herald is the, is kind of the new independent blog that formed. And one of my friends there, Greg, Greg Wissinger, he, he and I joke back and forth about this, but he's, he's kind of, he even mentioned to me once where he's just like, I just wonder if this is something that their newish front office would do in order to make a splash. So like the Kings are kind of the one name that keeps coming up because of past incompetence. But I just like I, I don't know like like tape on KP exists like everybody saw him not move so I just I just don't know. So. True, yeah. I mean, I, it's going to be a very long month, I think. Yeah, it is. It is the whole month. Dalton Trigg and I were talking about this. 
uh, over text this morning where it's just like, we have like 32 days. Oh my God. Like this is going to be, <laughs> it's like right now I, I keep getting Facebook memories. Um, and it's always July. Like my favorite is July of 2016 when they signed Harrison Barnes and I had been like campaigning that they not sign Harrison Barnes. And of course they ended up with Harrison and just over Twitter, particularly if you go, if you go like tweet, search my tweets for like July 1st to July 5th in 2016, it's just like five straight days of me wailing and gnashing my teeth about Harrison. So it's like <laughs> free agency just makes me a, an insane person. I hate it. So, well, thanks. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out. You got anything else? I actually do. Um, I have one, or I guess it's technically two stats. Uh, just another thing about how amazing Luca is. Sure. So I was watching a video on Chris Paul yesterday. Uh, it's on thinking basketball for anybody who wants to watch it. But, um, there were, I think, eight players in the playoffs who scored at least 10 points per game strictly off of pull-up jump shots. Mm. Luca led all players with 21 points per game on pull-up jump shots. Dame was next at, like, 16 point something. And then um, only it was only Chris Paul and KD who were over 50%. Luca was third on that list with 47%. On, on those shots. So basically Luca just averaged 21 points per game on 47% shooting strictly on pull-up jumpers. <laughs> That's fun. I like that. That's great. Well, thanks for having me, Kirk. Sure thing, Brandon. Appreciate you. Okay. Coming up next, we're going to, Oh, and, and if we have anyone in Slovenia right now or anyone that has actually been watching some of their, uh, Olympic qualifying tournament games. I would just like to hear from you. Uh, I've only been able to watch brief highlights. They come on right as I get started at work every morning, and I've not been able to sneak in either of the games, which is, you know, a little disappointing because I'm kind of having a basketball Jones. Um, okay, coming up next is Christian. Hi, Christian. Hey, I'm doing good, Kirk. How about yourself? All right. So I think... Uh... I don't know if maybe you've heard anything, but my biggest question is um, who do you think besides with, you know, former 2011 Mavs have no NBA coaching experience, who do you think we might get as a lead assistant or who's someone you'd like to see, especially with someone like Lloyd Pierce going and sadly joining Rick's staff? uh, That's a good question. I know there were reports out of Los Angeles that kid was going to look into bringing along someone who was out there with him and the Lakers guys. Gosh, I wish I could remember the name. This shows you how unprepared I am today. Um, There was an assistant that that the Lakers guys were kind of seemingly frustrated to maybe be losing out on. Um, I don't know. Because, like, Rick just had kind of a, not like a parade, but there was a new guy every three or four years with Rick in charge. Um, Like, there was one guy, Caleb something or other, like, he's a smaller guy. I remember seeing him at Summer League. And, you know, like, it's difficult because every coaching staff is very different. Um, The 2011 coaching staff was obviously very talented, looking back in, in hindsight. And the roles that those coaches play, it's very difficult to know because they're not allowed to talk to the media. There's a lot of inference going on, and particularly for guys like me. Uh, and and then, you know, the, the real reporters are kind of seeing stuff behind the scenes. That's like the Jamal Mosley stuff became like very, very interesting because Mosley and, and Luca developed like a very close relationship 
because Luca and Mosley like worked on parts of his game before and after practice. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know at the moment. I'm not sure I really care as, as strange as that sounds. Um, you know, I'm so like, I'm, I'm going to try not to talk about it because people don't want to hear me just constantly like wail, um, talking about wailing and gnashing of teeth, uh, you know, about, about kid that I, I just kind of want to see him stand on his own two feet for a while. Like he, like Hollinger excoriated the kid's side today in what piece that he put out, which I thought was very interesting, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, I found that a way, you know, we have a month till free agency. And then once I saw the Kawhi stuff, I think this is something I can at least get interested in without kind of going insane. Um, with, oh, is Kawhi going to come here? And, you know, what are we going to do? And then the inevitable disappointment. So, you know, I hope we were at least able to bring some, uh, you know, veteran lead assistant. Or I would love to keep Jamal Mosley. I just don't think that's happening. And, you know, I do think he deserves a head roll. So, oh, yeah, I'm sure he's – I'm sure I'm, I'm sure Mosley is, like, super, super duper gone. Um, it's gotten to the point – and none of this is reported. This is just like stuff that like I talked to all kinds of people and like, like sometimes rumors like spring up out of like whole cloth. Um, and I'm not really like, like, I don't know if, if, if Mosley was ever considered, I, I feel like that the Mosley stuff was put out into the void because Cuban and co likely, you know, if we if we go through the timeline, Tim Cato's article dropped on a Monday. Everybody noted, or McMahon or Stein, one of the two noted that Donnie had either turned in his resignation or him and Cuban had agreed to part ways Sunday. And that was, I, I think Tim Cato's article sped up their timeline. Like this was already in process, but it was maybe not the order that Cuban wanted to have everything happen. And I think they had a ground, like a groundwork for a fair amount of what ended up happening. It was just, you know, getting sides to come to agreements. Um, and so it's, it, the, I, I just don't know if Mosley was ever considered, uh, you know, it, Rick really torched some things on his way out the door and whether or not, um, you know, it, it, the, I still think about McMahon on, on one of the podcasts, noting that he doesn't think that Carl and Mosley are going to, to exchange Christmas cards in the future is particularly interesting. But then, you know, you see Mosley, uh, join team USA's basketball staff and, I, I just, I, I still find myself very surprised by how all that went down. You know, there's obviously things that we will, we don't know and may never know. Um, like the why in terms of why Mosley was not, you know, selected even it, it, it's, it's just, this is peculiar to me. Um, but you know, as, as Dalton has yelled at me, it's, it's kind of time to, to turn the page, um, because it's not like, uh, you know, kids going to go away anytime soon. So there's who we got. Um, that's what, uh, the, the only thing that it kind of sucks. And I know I've talked with some people that, you know, other fans that feel the same way. Like, you know, it, it seemed like it was a nice parting of the ways at the beginning. Like it's, it makes sense to move on for both sides, but the way, you know, I'll always appreciate Rick for bringing that title in 2011, but it's really left kind of a sour taste in my mouth the way that he went out the way he did. And um, just just frustrating. And, 
you know, Indiana went from one dickhead coach to another dickhead coach. So we'll see how that goes. I think they'll actually do great at the beginning, but we'll see. But appreciate it. Sure. Um, Nick in the chat asks if, if Luca will be salty if Mosley leaves. I don't have a good answer for this, but I will say that if there's a benefit to Luca being, if one of the many benefits of Luca being a professional since he was like 14 is the, the guy has had to deal with basketball as a business for a significant chunk of his life. Um, if we remember, I think it was Mark Spears who went on the jump and talked about how Luca was upset, yada, yada, some sourcing from Lord knows where he got any of that. Um, I'm sure he was told that though, but then if, um, from, uh, who was it? It was over in Slovenia, like the, the national team press conference. When he talks about Donnie, it's, like, he's, he's not mad. He doesn't sound disappointed. He just is like, hell, you know, this is a thing that happens. I'm disappointed. But it wasn't, like, fury. It wasn't, you know, I'm sure it's probably along the lines of of that where he likes Mosley as a person. And whether it would change him accepting $200 million is, is not going to happen. But it, it, it file under a thing of, of, of annoyances, you know. Um it's so easy to read into those kinds of things. You know, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I thought about Tim, Tim Cato's, uh, the anecdote that he led his story with about Luca yelling at Haralabob for like a long time. But it's, you know, over the course of a, of a professional career, there's just going to be things that happen where guys aren't happy all the time. So, so I don't know. Um, Nick also notes in the chat, having Brea will be huge. And I agree. What I think I vastly understated last year was the like the value of having a veteran liaison that can play buffer between a, a superstar and the coach. And, and, you know, we'll probably talk about him more, but like there was some, some, you know, John Hollinger noted on a podcast with Nate Duncan that he thinks the Mavericks will pursue like Mike Conley. And like, I know certain people are kind of concerned about guys, injury history, yada, yada, yada. But from a, like mix of, of talent, veteran, uh, leadership, all sorts of things. Like Conley's like the, seems to be like, you know, kind of the, the duct tape that you'd slap on like the leaky barrel. Um, I don't know if it would ever happen, but I just like the concept I think is having guys in this team that, that can work a little better. Cause this Mavericks team was just so damn volatile. Um, it was a lot of fun because when they were like high, they were incredibly high when they were low, they were through the ground. So, um, it it was you know it, it it they just need some some balance because the NBA season is just too long. Eighty two games is a lot, and and it's you can never get too high or too low because otherwise you kind of run things out. Um, all right, coming up next, I think I had Manuel. What's going on? Are you there? Audio going to work for you? Oh, there we go. Uh, How are you? Can you hear me? Yep. Awesome. Hi, Kirk. How are you doing? I'm okay. Thanks for joining. Okay. So I found this out in a live stream from like a YouTuber named Legend of Winning. I don't know if you know of him or on Twitter or whatever. He's Sounds familiar. Right too. Uh, he was talking about how the Clippers can't re-sign Reggie Jackson. That's true. And... I was just wondering, since, you know, all the stats about him being the, like, best isolation scorer in the playoffs and stuff like that, 
would you rather sign him or Tim Hardaway? Because I feel like that's essentially the role we want Timmy to develop, to be like a give Luca possession off, you take somebody off the dribble, make something happen. Gosh, what a fun, insane question. Reggie Jackson has Reggie Jackson. There were stories of him when he was in Oklahoma city. So he's in Oklahoma city with, um, I don't know if Harden was on the team, but it was still with Durant and Westbrook and Reggie Jackson thought he was the best player on that team. Now that was years ago. He went to Detroit. He's kind of been out in the wilderness. He's had some time. I, I, the the most, I'm generally not interested in Reggie. Um, only because I think he, he he's he was so hot and that you know I, I just I, I I'm not really a, a big fan of his because I I just don't see him being able to do that again. Now the argument for keeping him or for for going after him is the fact that he looks like the like the most badass YMCA basketball player in existence right now with like his rec specs and his armbands and his sleeves. Like the dude just looks like a bizarre 2K create a player. Um, but he just he shot the hell out of the ball. I I just don't know. I don't know what he commands because if somebody in the chat can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he signed like he was with them as a vet minimum. And when they have, you know, they're going to have Kawhi. If Kawhi resigns there, it'll be max. They'll have Paul George on a max. Like they could probably figure out something, but they're getting close. Like it would be very difficult for them to make it work. Cause like they had to give Luke Kennard, Luke Kennard, their signing last year was like their last big thing they could do. They're paying Luke Kennard $16 million a year. Their books are wild to look at. Um, the chat is kind of asking, you know, aren't they, aren't they kind of like Reggie Jackson and Tim Hardaway, like better players? Like Reggie Jackson's a point guard. Reggie Jackson can pass. Um, I, he does. He doesn't pass, but that's kind of a different deal. <laughs> what we're talking about, um, I, I just, I don't foresee. I, I just, I don't know. They need that kind of ball handler, like that secondary ball handler distributor. I don't know if he fits the role. I just, I'm, at, I have a hard time seeing it. But I, free agency is admittedly probably my bit, my my weakest part like I, I just have a hard time coming up with trades and analysis i know which players i like and i don't like but i don't know if that if that really um would work so yeah what else you got yeah I, that on I agree with you on most of your points uh i would agree with you on most of your points uh reggie i like i was a really like why do the clippers have reggie jackson he was like Terrible and stuff like that. Right. And right. Hey, you're cutting out pretty bad, Rich Emanuel. I am also like fearful that somebody's gonna fall for their bait, and he might never have a performance like this ever again. And he's just been like insanely sure. hot for. Uh, is it better now? Yeah, you're better now. Okay. Then uh, I was just like saying like if this is like a hot streak and some other team falls for the bait, cause the Clippers, I don't think they can resign him unless he like takes a huge pay cut. Like if he signs like a two year, $10 million contract, they can do it, but yeah. he is not worth five mil a year. He is definitely going to get a bag of like upwards of 10 million from any team in the league, honestly. Right. Right. Oh, it's going it, to, it's, he's going to be such an interesting note because someone, someone in the chat noted, uh, 
Knicks legend Jerome James. Um, I can't remember what the guy's deal was when he signed it, but he had like a six-game stretch for the Knicks, and they signed him to some $30 million deal, and the dude just never, ever played anything like those six games ever again. But at least, you know, Jackson has – Jackson was a, like a, he was a pretty good player at one point. It's just a, he never seemed to know his role. And and I don't I don't know like he was what 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 he, he was one of like a litany of guys in the Clippers who was sort of ex- they they hoped that one guy would go off in a given day, game and and they often just had those performances like their shooting outliers were incredible and he was a big part of that uh, I mean I think the guy shot close to fifty percent from three for a significant chunk of the playoffs like he was just he was good but I I just don't see it well thank you do you got anything else for us. No, I think that's it. I just wanted to ask, like how you said in the beginning, uh, the insane question. Oh, I love it. No, uh, this is what the next month is going to be. It's just like talking about hypotheticals where we, and then like wading through the difference between um, like news versus opinion. Like John Hollinger saying, I think the Mavericks are going to go after Mike Conley is different than I have heard the Mavericks are going after Mike Conley. So like, we're just going to, uh, that's why I hate free agency because it just it turns us all into insane people. So yeah. it's fun though. All right. Well, thank you for hanging out. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you. All right. Coming up next, Jordan. How are you, Jordan? Hey Kirk. How are you doing? I'm good. What's going on today? Uh, well, I just want to start off by saying that Josh Green should start as pretty much everybody should know by now. Um, so that's my first thing about the offseason is okay. I think that we should prioritize Josh Green. Um, but if we're going to bring in somebody who would start over him, I do have a list for wings that I think uh, we could look for. Uh, I'm personally thinking I would like Lonzo or Duncan Robinson, uh, but they're both restricted, so that makes it a little complicated. Sure. So sure. Uh, if we're not sure. looking at restricted free agents um, – it gets very hard to find somebody in that shooting guard slash uh, if we want to do a point guard and move Luca up to shooting guard position. Right. So the ones that I'm looking at are uh, Norm Powell, um, Evan Fournier, keeping Tim Hardaway, and then also signing Victor Oladipo because I don't think we would have to give up Tim to get Oladipo. I just don't see him commanding a First of, of all, it's Oladipo. Second, I'm just messing. It is Oladipo. Well, but that why why his quad injury is terrifying. It detached from the bone. <laughs> well, I'm saying that like I don't think we'd have to pay him very much. Is what I'm oh, saying. I like, saying. So I'm thinking we could keep Tim and do uh, Victor, um, because of his injury history. Like I I, I think we could probably get him for the room exception. Uh, which is like four million. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, it's, it's Xavier's in the chat right now. And I've I've actually asked him or Matt, one of the two of them, to to write kind of a free agency primer because this is where this will be the first time in ten years where it's really mattered um, about what what the Mavericks have because they're you know the, mm-hmm. the caps you know I don't want to say it didn't matter you know five years ago but we we none of us had come to grips with the facts that the maps sucked yet. So, and now, <laughs> they did, and now it's just like, okay, the cap space and like the little exceptions that you can get. Cause last year we used the uh, uh, mid-level exception. We don't get that this year. We get, what's it, what is it? You, you called it the, is it the room exception? Yeah. So if we, if we use cap space 
to sign people and we don't operate over the cap, we only get the room exception. So we can sign okay. up to the cap and then we get like, it's like 4.5 million for the room exception. Mm-hmm. If we operate over the cap, so like if we resign Tim, basically, if we, if we resign Tim and keep um, Willie, uh, we can get the MLE, which is like 9.5 million, and then we also get the BAE, which is I think 3.5 million. It's what we had uh, Bobon on, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is the biannual exception. So uh, the Mavs books are just weird looking. You go look at them, and it's like, oh, wait, they're committing a combined 42 million to, 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 um, or it's, it's like, it, it's basically 50 million for, for Maxi Powell and, uh, uh, Porzingis. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, like, like, how it's is crazy. this happening? <laughs> it's crazy. So. Uh, I think Norm Powell is the only one I would give up Tim for personally, unless we're going to move Luca to shooting guard and try to get, like a Lowry or a Conley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Dragic is a, uh, or Dragic, he's a team option. So he could yeah. be a free agent or he could not be. So uh, if we're, if we're not going to try to sign one of the restricted free agents, uh, I think Norm Powell is the only one I would give up Tim Hardaway for, unless Tim Hardaway gets like the max from Miami or something, you know, sure. crazy. It's going to, the decisions are all going to come pretty quickly. I, I have a feeling that the that the Hardaway ship has sailed. Um, the groundwork for that stuff seemed. I had heard mid season that that Miami was going to be a place for him because he lives there and because you know. Right. And then he just he he works so well with Dallas and I we were talking in the Mavs Moneyball chat Slack just before this about how you know. Carlisle really did a good job of getting the best out of limited players. I'm not sure, you know, whatever offense that Jason Kidd wants to run with Luca, it just might not be the same thing. So it's like, if, if, if we assume that, that the team is going to be different, but we don't know what that difference is. It, it, it might just be best to let go of kind of notions about what these players were because they might get used differently. Correct. So. Especially Maxi and KP, those are the ones I have no clue how they're going to be used next year. For sure, for sure. All right, you got anything else for us, Jordan? Oh no, no, just that uh, Josh Green should start. Wow, you are just spitting flames. Well, here's the thing, <laughs> you know, you wrote so if, if what was it? What was the title of your article? I published it, but I forgot what it was called. In defense uh, of Josh Green. Oh yeah, so there's an article up on Mavs Money Ball. You should go read about it. Josh Green, Jordan wrote it, Jordan wrote it for us. We're gonna get to see a lot of Josh Green in summer league. Um, he'll yes. get the 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 young guys. I'm really hoping that I can actually find a way to go because there's gonna be all four of the Mavericks rookies from last year are expected to play, and summer league is just one of these things where there's really not if there's really nothing good that comes out of it, and really the <laughs> right. only. Yeah, but there's also nothing, you know, the only thing that's like bad, like Dorian Finney-Smith is one of my biggest whiffs because I watched that guy suck at Summer League for three straight years. Just terrible. Yes. Nicholas Brusino was better than him at one Summer League for a consistent period of time. Uh, Dorian just found a way through. But most of the time, if you stink in Summer League, it is scary because mm-hmm. that means you like you can't play like at all because you're playing against kind of quasi-professional guys in a lot of circumstances. But Anyways, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing Josh Green play there. So, All yep. right, Jordan, you have a good day. We'll talk soon, all right? You too. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. 
All right, coming up next, Jeremy. How you doing, Jeremy? Is the audio working for you? There we go. Long time listener, first time caller. That's not true. I've seen you plenty of times. How you doing today, buddy? <laughs> doing great. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I feel that free agency is going to be on our side this year. We're going to get those medium players that turn us down, the third tier and fourth tier like Danny Green of two years, you know, those kind of players. If Danny Green signs with the Mavericks this year, I will lose my fucking mind. Well, I'm not saying signing this year. No, but, but saying, that's like the Mavericks I, pattern for a decade is like get guys three years after they wanted to have them. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I uh, I have trouble. I always wanted a player, but that Mavs always got them like six years after their prime. And, and you know, they never could get those guys. But this year we actually have the chance of getting some restricted guys. I think the restricted market is really – good for us i think this year with Hart, i really feel that he'll be a something that we could we could really benefit from is Hart restricted and, too because did he get drafted at the same time as lonzo am i just not remembering that huh so i mean we could potentially get both if we restricted both of them it's just hard i think it's more attainable I, i'm more I, like, I agree with you very much more agree of a conservative you. guy. I I rather mm-hmm. go for the mid tier guys and build our team that way, and then collect assets. And then if we yeah. if it players don't work out, we can package them up, and because they're at least they're talented, they're not you know trash, like you know half our roster. So it's just I'm excited because there's a lot of players out there like McConnell, McDu- you know D- McDermott, and even like. Marketing and Nilakina, I mean, there's players out there that are they they have tremendous upside that we could take advantage of. So I'm just I'm just Zeller. I mean, these these guys that we have money that we could get these mid tier guys. Just imagine having every position upgraded, and that's the that's what I'm excited about. So I'm gonna, that's all I got to say. I like it. I like where the head's going. You know, there's there's plenty of room right now for uh for opportunity um and and really to be to be thinking ahead hearts one i've kind of waffle in and out on it's just when i and uh, the salary cap stuff i try not to think about it too much because i i it's just the numbers i I, it's not that i get confused but it's just (sighs) i've not been impressed with the mavericks cap usage for a long damn time um, Brad Townsend tweeted something about how oh the the Mavs capologist has a has a position for life according to Mark Cuban and my thought is like why like they don't do anything creative with the cap you know they don't they 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 gave KP a contract that didn't even you know that that didn't even have any sort of like the injury stuff that Embiid's had built into it like there's no protections they just they give guys money and they walk away um, and it just it kind of irks me but um, I like where where you're thinking the heart one is is interesting it. it would hold up the Mavs cap space unless the the Pelicans decided to just like let like let him sign it you know quickly because otherwise I think they have three days to match so that that can be a bit of a bit of an issue but but we'll see. Um, okay, coming up next, Nick. Hi, do Nick. Hey, Kirk. Can you hear me? I can. He's... Oh, awesome. 
Um, so I joined a little late. You guys may have spoke on this earlier, but my biggest fear watching that Clippers playoff run, especially having Kawhi go down, is that it will inflate our roster. And I believe, I personally believe that other than Luca, we have a horrible roster. And so personally, I would like to clean house to the best of our ability in this offseason. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on, on that. Um, I would love to save money, sign somebody like Reggie Jackson instead of THJ. Sure. Um, just uh, get rid of Josh Richardson somehow. Um, may, maybe see if we can elevate Josh Green. I do like that talk. But, yeah, I'd really just like to really go after some better Tier 2 free agents and not swing and miss on Kawhi and Damian Lillard and some of these, you know, rumors oh, sure. like we've been going through for 10 years. It's this is a this is a fun question because with my Twitter mentions I get into discussions with people all the time who I just can tell don't watch a lot of non-Maverick basketball and are are have been gaslit by the Dallas, you know, like front like you know Donnie and and the media people who kind of just chirp back what he said over the years we're talking about this roster is good. I don't think this roster is terrible. I think this roster is limited and they built the roster kind of like a house of cards where if it's, you know, as it's built, when it's standing, it looks great, but you pull out a card and the whole thing falls down. And, and Luca is, you know, he papers over so many problems. Dirk was the same way and Luca, but, but I don't think it's fair to ask this of Luca. Uh, you know, at this point in his career. Um, and he was, you know, I, I wonder if Rick Carlisle would still be the head coach if they had simply had a better roster. So much of the frustration about, you know, losing games can come down to the fact that the team just wasn't good enough. I mean, Luca gave the Clippers all they could handle. Like, they, they, out of, you know, I, I the Suns beat the Clippers, yay, but Kawhi didn't really play. Um Luca gave that team more than they had seen the whole playoffs. And so it's just, it's, I get a little frustrated when I, I see fans are like, Oh, we just, we have a good roster. We just need to keep building. And, but you know, if you look at the Dirk Nowitzki trajectory, there's like three distinct parts of his career that led to a championship. There was 99 to 03 or is 04 basically up until when, to when Nash left. Um, and that 03 team, Mavericks, like, they might have won the title had Dirk not gotten hurt. Like, they were incredible. But they switched out a big chunk of the team because Nash Nash had, uh, you know, Cuban let Nash walk. Um, then they rejiggered everything again uh, uh, after, um, I want to say it was like 2000, like when Josh Howard left the team uh, to to go to Washington when in that trade. And then they had sort of that iteration of the Mavericks that, you know, signed Tyson Chandler 2011. That was the final piece that took them to the playoffs. Also, you know, uh, just while it's on my mind, it's incredible how how healthy that Mavericks team was in retrospect because look at all these damn injuries. and Oh, my God, it just kind of blows my mind. Um, and I think with the Mavericks, with this Luka, you know, as long as Luka's with the franchise, they're going to have to do that sort of thing as well where they make a, they, they take a look at the roster, they establish core components, and then they mix and mix and match. And I felt like, that because Donnie Nelson either wasn't interested or wasn't able to do kind of the pre-agency stuff where the Mavericks just entered free agency every year with kind of like a linear plan that never executed properly. Now this new front office 
can hopefully figure out some things to 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 give the Mavs a little bit more optionality with what they're doing for free agency because they just need to try things and figure out who can work with Luca because you never really know. I mean, there could be a distressed out asset out there the way Tim Hardaway was a distressed asset that then the Mavericks can turn around and make a guy look incredible in the right situation. So I'm I'm with you where I think they sub out basically everybody that's not Luca and KP. I really do think that's on the table because I, I think they hold on to KP. Um, just for value-based reasons. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that. I guess it frustrates me, you know, especially this year, looking at the Hawks and the Jazz, for example. And those are some teams that I think did a great job building around their stars, uh, getting guys like uh, the Bogdanovich brothers, Gallinari. Um, you know, the Jazz, they have a lot of good players, but no one that's, other than Mitchell and, uh, I guess, Rudy Gobert, you know, they've got guys like Clarkson and other people who aren't these tier one top guys. And every single year we get excited about getting a Kawhi Leonard sure, or somebody just some huge name guy. And we miss out on all these solid guys who could form around Luca, in my opinion. Yeah. No, this is a good take. Well, thank you, Nick. You got anything else? No, that's everything. Thanks. All right. You have a good day. Okay, I got a couple more people, and then I got to go back to work. Um, Matt, what do you got for us? Hello, can you hear me? Okay. Um, so it's uh, interesting to me. Like, on the Kawhi stuff, and I'm sorry I'm late if y'all already discussed this, we have to make him the max offer that, I mean, like, I, I know in the Mads Moneyball Slack we talked about it yesterday, but we, we have to make that offer. Like, he's just too good, and he's – but we need to make that offer, and we need to know quickly. If he doesn't take it, we need to take that as a he refused. Like, we can't sure. do what we always do where we're like, hey, Kawhi, you know, we're going to offer you the max, and then we're going to sit here for the whole, like, and actually going with Nico and his relationships, one of the things that I hope that his relationships get us is the ability to at least know yes or no before free agency yeah. actually starts. Like, even if it's a no – it is helpful if we go and like, hey, are you going to take our max offer? Oh, no, you're not. I right, appreciate it. You know, good luck wherever you go. Sure. Except when you play us. Like, because that's one of the things, like, you talk, you call it pre-agency. But we've never, we've always gone into free agency and not known. And that just, we're, like, we talk about, they call the Warriors front office light years ahead. We were light years behind. Because yeah. everybody else already knew what they were doing beforehand, and we didn't. Um. On what Jordan said earlier, I thought that I was the king of the Josh Green Island. Uh, I like Josh Green. I think it would be a terrible mistake to go into the front office with the idea that Josh Green has to be locked in as a starter no matter what. That is a, that is a bold take. I appreciate and, uh, it, though, right? It's fun. Yeah, this is the time of year for, for that for that kind of – No, I, I love it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all about some hot takes and everything. Um, that's just – I would be concerned if that is actually the Mavs' plan to go in and say we are locked in. Josh Green is your is your starting two guard going to 2020. That's just that would be a, a highly concerning take for me. For um, sure. And I mean, the really the only other thing I have is I just wanted to come in. Like I said, I was late, but uh, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to do uh, Goran Dragic for uh, THJ, either a sign and trade or if they exercise his option. The mm-hmm. money should be relatively similar. And it solves the problem. The issue that we have with him is that he is a guard. He is not a wing. Even though he right. is almost wing size, he is a guard. 
but he is neither a secondary creator nor a, nor a good defender. He and so Dragon. What do you mean not a secondary creator? Why would you? Because he and Luca worked pretty well with with their their run to the world championship a couple of years ago. No, I'm saying Tim isn't. Oh, that's, Tim that's isn't. What, Sorry, that's what Tim's issue is. That's what I was saying. Dragic solves that issue because Dragic is a secondary creator. He absolutely is. That solves the issue because what happens is when we run into it is we build everyone for Luca to create everything and then other people to just knock down shots. And that's fine when Luca's in the game, other than the fact that it ends up with him running the 40% usage rate mm-hmm. and then everyone saying, oh, he's not letting anybody else play. But when you run defenses where other teams can play against you and like they can game plan for you and everything, it just, it doesn't work forever. Like even if, even if we win a series, which I mean would be a huge uptick from this year, you're not going to win a long playoff run with him running a 40% usage rate. He will wear down. Yep. Like you just, you can't do that. And that's where Dragic would help because Dragic can come in and he can, and I realize I'm mispronouncing his name, but he, he would be someone who can come in and create because he was, I believe the heat's leading scorer in the playoffs last year uh, on their way to the bubble. I know he's their third best player, but I think he's their leading scorer. Well, and- he, he's, he was kind of, he was kind of the X factor, the engine, like the, the, from what Slovenian fans have told me, and I, I, I we're going to have one up here in a second is that he plays so freakishly hard all the time that he can burn himself out. And the fact that he's an older guy now, you just run a little bit of a risk with that. So. Yeah. I mean, and but I just, I think that we're going to get one of the old point guards. I don't, I don't know who it will be necessarily. It might be him. Yeah. It might be Conley. might be Lowry. might be Chris Paul on a friggin' max deal, which is con- whatever contract he gets this off season I, is going to shock people. I think. Sure. Because he's he's going to get basically the same contract he got last time, like he's Love going it. to get like like four for one sixty, and everyone is just going to he can only do years. he can only do three years because of the age yeah. thing, like he because he's gonna he, yeah. you can't sign anybody, but but it'll it'll be a lot of money. You're right about that. So and it's going to, yeah, but I mean, so pretty much just that, and then the last thing is we talk about you know Luca being able to elevate guys. One of the biggest issues we have is that the whole team is guys that we expect Luca to elevate, and Luca can't play 48 minutes. Mm. So some people have to be able to play when he is not playing, and we don't have anyone like that right now. Right, right. Man, I just got sent an Instagram post. Uh, I don't know if the guy's in the chat, but a DM of, of an incredible – it's 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 uh, Grons. Like, it's a post from way back. Uh, it's a throwback Thursday that that I think Luca has to be in this photo. That it's from 2006. There's, this is just an incredible photo. It looks like a it, it looks like like a, like a college fraternity. <laughs> Dudes like piled on each. It's a great photo. Someone should share it in the chat if they go find it. Anyways, thank you, Matt. You got anything else? Uh, that's it for me. All right. Okay, coming up next, got a couple more people and i want to then i'm gonna have to go here um don't want to mispronounce your name friend but i brought you up on stage here uh shamark how you doing hit that unmute button Uh, hello hi can you hear me yeah i can did i murder your name i'm sorry i can hear you hello are you able to hear me yes 
Okay. We were able to hear you, but you weren't able to hear us, and that's okay. Okay, coming up next is Clemen. How are you? Clement, hit there you go. How are you? Oh, oh, great. Hey, hello. How are you? Great. Thanks for joining us today. So as I heard you saying before, uh, wanting to know something about the qualifying in yes. Slovenia. Yeah. So, uh, quick, let's say, brief, brief report. So Luca didn't have to play. Uh, actually, he played around 15 minutes, scored 15 points, <laughs> and Slovenia, Slovenia averaged. 150 points in 40 minutes of FIBA basketball. <laughs> I think that's, that's incredible. A, yeah, so uh, he had a lot of interviews. Uh, one which was really important to me was what his uh, coach said, that uh, Luca really loves the team play and actually in those few minutes makes a lot of impact on other players so making them really really better and you can see it on his eyes so i'm rolling my eyes all the time listening to the national your american national media reports oh my god no, nobody wants to play with luca and sh bullshit like that it's such <laughs> bullshit thank you for bringing that up Ugh, it's disgusting if i'm honest really it, it boys, it, bo boys that play now in the national team with him Okay, some of them are, let's say, good, good, let's say, leaders in their team around the Europe, but mainly they are average, average guys. They are playing like crazy. Well, they are playing the whole the whole team is playing downhill completely, and so some, in, everybody says Luca is like like playing slow. Yeah, sure, but I'm telling you that was a Rick. That was Rick thing for sure. So sure, there's... Luca likes it because he's not athletic, as you said several times. But uh, if he needs to, he can. Believe oh, me, yeah. he can. He, he can. So there was a um, there's a a American citizen who I think must have dual citizenship. I can't remember the guy's name. He played at the University Mike of Virginia. Toby. Mike Toby. He had some hilarious post game quotes against after the the kind of warm up the friendly match against Croatia. I think it yeah, was. Yeah. I remember. I was there on this match. So he said that uh, that was the easiest point scored ever in his lifetime. And they they had they had literally one training together. One training. That's how good it. That's how good Luca is. And I'm really yeah, glad you brought up some of these media comments because if if we want to have a conversation about how it may not be attractive for a free agent to come play because they're concerned about Luca having the ball a lot. I think that's at least a discussion. But if we're talking pure teammate, getting along, like personality, I guess chemistry maybe is the way to describe it. Like Luca's the, like everybody loves the guy. And has for, there's not a bad word I've read about, you know, the closest thing I can think of, and this is just funny to me because I happen to know him, several years ago before he came overseas when like Marcelino Huertas got into it with him, like, in an on-court thing. But that was when they're playing against each other. Like, exactly. like that's a competitive thing. That's not, a like, a, a chemistry issue. Like, I, I, we've even heard how, like, Luca and KP don't get along. And I don't know if I believe I don't, that. I don't believe that bullshit. I don't believe that bullshit. Really. I don't. I really, it I, seems so no. just, like, I mean, they might, like, there's a difference between, you know, maybe wanting to do things differently on the basketball court and actually not liking each other. And there's just some of this stuff that's being said 
that but they are completely different. They are completely different players. Like yeah. you said several times, KP is a guy that overthinks stuff. Needs to think. Mm-hmm. Needs to be prepared. Luca is a momentum guy. He plays with heart, with joy. It's completely different type of players. So it's on coach to make this function. Mm-hmm. I would it say is. that for sure. Uh, I would just like to go back. One thing you were mentioning before, you know, regarding the Mavs team in general, and the stake was on your on from your uh, side told several times. They they completely. Let's say, Luca surprised them completely. That's it. They knew what they knew that they want to draft him. They got him, and then they, they just got him. him, and then they mm-hmm. didn't know what to do with it, because our team is completely trash compared to, let's say, not not trash, but uh, through athletic point of view, it's not even a close thing to compare us to Dallas. But the the players are different. We have in our team, Luca and four shooters, mm-hmm. including the center, and everybody can shoot the ball, and all the guards and wings can actually dribble. And this makes spacing <laughs> huge. And the court is way smaller, you know. And you still got completely open shots for everybody involved. I love so, this. I love this because it, it, it's it, when you look at the NBA, like the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals, when you look at kind of the rotation players for all four of the teams, I guess, well, because now it's the, the everybody's, but, you know, Clippers, Suns, Hawks, who you know, and, and, and Bucks. Yeah. Outside of Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr. might be the only player that is in the Mavericks rotation that would crack any of those other four teams' rotations. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it yeah. drives me crazy to a degree where we talk about this. But he wouldn't and, be a starter for sure. Right. He wouldn't be a starter. And, and that's just where, like, it, and I don't necessarily say that to, to, to insult the team that they have or the team that they had. It's a guidepost for figuring out how to get the Mavericks at that level. Because I just, I'm going to be thinking about game three uh, in the first round series with the Mavericks oh this year God. and Don't game seven that. for a really long time because they still almost did the damn thing despite all this. It's, it's wild. We, there's, we have a lot of promise. It's just, they, they need to execute this off season and figure out how to, how to make some better, better players. For game three, I would really I'd like to ask, what do you think? Why why do you think Luca was pulled out? Was it really the analytical guy Haralabos or it was Rick? I think it was counting, uh, it probably counting, both. The, counting the minutes, you know. It's time to take him out because it's time to take him out in general, you know. Well, this is so I want to say like that the Mavericks as a team in the non-Luca minutes in several like it was it was just disgusting. So I I wonder if I mean, they were up by 19 when he went out, and and you know you're tr- if you're trying to steal some time so that Luca can finish the fourth quarter strong, I I 100% think it was Rick Carlisle, but I I still get it. It's just it's looking back, it's so frustrating because you know Richardson and Hardaway. I mean, the the Clippers scored 11 points to make it 24 to 30 in like in like 90 seconds. Like it was awful. And and Rick's usually really good at with with timeout adjustments, and the other guys didn't. You know, again, it's on Rick, but the rest of the team did not did not execute, and that like that will just. I'll be thinking about that until they make the second round. You know, it, that was that was nuts. Yeah. I have one last hot take. So, sure, chill everybody, chill everybody down about Brunson. 
he doesn't see nothing. He's a great ball handler, a great shooter for himself, but he plays like he's he's playing one-on-one. He doesn't yeah. see nobody on the floor. Nobody. When it Sorry, works, it works doesn't. well. But when it yeah, doesn't, sure. like against anyone with any sort of – if he's being guarded by a guy who's like 6'6", then he just – he can't do anything. And it's not the size, you know. I'm, you know it's not the size because how – how can Mitchell see stuff on the court? They are same sure. size, or even Mitchell is smaller. So it's not the size. It's uh, we call it horse vision, you know, for the horses oh, that pull the trolley. You know. <laughs> well, he actually has on... talked about on on. I heard him on JJ Reddick's podcast. He apparently was like a like played power forward and then center up until much later in his life. So I just don't know if he ever really had time to develop his point guard skills because he's just a he's. He, I don't want to say just a scorer, but I think Mavericks fans who who kind of casually watch the games don't understand that if you scale up his minutes, he's probably going to give you the exact same numbers that he gives you in 15 minutes because he can't really – like he does what he does, and until he shows some passing acumen, I don't – I just – I don't I don't really think you can develop vision past a certain point. I think no, that's no, something no. You, you learn. You have it or you don't have it. it is, yeah. That's simple. This is, yeah, this is great. Well, thank you for hanging out. I appreciate you coming up. Hey, thank you for having me. All right, so, guys. Regards oh, from Zubat's country. <laughs> yes, I'm on, right. I'm on right. vacation in his country. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy your vacation, and we'll talk thank soon. You thank much. you for hanging out. Thank you. Bye. All right, guys. I know we got a couple more requests. I hate not getting to people. Um, I, I just I have to go back to work. Uh, I'll try to do one of these next week. Um, this was a, a a great locker room for an off season. Uh, please keep your questions and keep them in mind and come back in here and let's talk about them. I'll try to do one of these maybe Tuesday night and we'll hang out some more. All right, guys, this has been Kirk Henderson with uh, Radio Free Mavericks and Mavs Moneyball podcast. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends. It is very helpful and important. You guys are great. You help make this fun. We will talk soon.